You're listening to Gordon Clark on Hospital Radio Medway. Hello and welcome to Chatterbox. And with me today I have Councillor Howard Doe, who's in one of his many roles, in fact, is Chairman of the Climate Change Advisory Council. Is that just for Medway? Yes, it is. Yes, yes. It's an advisory group, actually. Yeah. The reason that initiated all this, I was reading Medway Matters. There's a bit in there about climate change. I thought, ah, that looks interesting. I shall make contact and find out what it's all about. One of the things I know that Medway Council back in April 2019, I think it was, and declared the climate emergency, you know, one of the aims was to reduce the carbon footprint along with many other things. Um, and an action plan was put in place subsequently, hoping to make us carbon neutral by 2050. So with that in mind, what are Medway Council's plan of attack, if you like, on the climate change? Well, it's a very diverse plan. It's something that, in history, this is quite simple. Because I'm deputy leader, I suppose, and I do a number of various tasks, brief for climate change was handed to me, and we got our first action plan together, which took an awful lot of work, because the idea was to give every council employee to start with, a high or low, the involvement in this process. Because the point about climate change, the first point I've made is, that climate change isn't uh, you or me or the council, it's everybody. Unless everybody is uh, contributing, then the, the result is going to be that much poorer. Yeah. Having said that, we have actually made in our first year, we've done it reasonably well, I think. That was recognised when there was a comparison site that actually uh, prepared all the local authorities, and we were 31 out of a very, very long list. And I'll yeah. ask them to the ones that are ahead of us and what we can learn from that, when we get that right. We've got uh, the full department working on it, and what they've done so far is we've had some new trees planted. Yes, I understand in partnership with the community, over 500 trees were planted in 2021, and thanks to funding from the Urban Tree Challenge, you're planting thousands of trees across Medway and establishing a Medway Tree Fund. Yes. Another thing that we've done is that uh, we've nearly finished replacing all our street lights with LED lights, which saves an enormous amount of energy. One of the other things is cycling, and we put in a lot of cycle routes, now 81 miles of cycling. Oh, blimey. And cycling's got up by 20%. So uh, I'm not suggesting everybody ought to use a bicycle every time, but it's an also interesting alternative, and a lot of people enjoy it. And... Uh, we're trying to, as far as possible, get it off the roads and rather not, so that people are not in a in a sort of small band where if somebody misbehaves themselves on the road or cuts it too fine in a car, off you go into the ditch. You know, and that's yeah. not fatal. Yeah. If you happen to be older, you know. So, so what we're trying to do is to encourage cycling. And the next stage is to try to provide some secure cycle compounds um, so that people can, for example, cycle to stations or cycle to particular. Uh, things like country parks or whatever, and, and put their bike into a secure location. Because bikes these days are no longer the bikes that probably you and I had when we were teenagers. You know, these are ones yeah. that really cost a lot of money now, as well as yeah. electric bikes, of course, you get electric assistance up the hills, which I think is great. 
because it enables older people who don't feel like slumming it up Oxley Hill or something, you know, <laughs> actually, actually you switch on the motor and, and go up without too much difficulty. But the other thing is, that we had, uh, you may remember it under the big badge, no mow may. Yeah. And it said, stop mowing your anything you mow right away across Medway uh, for a month. Well, the officers took that to heart and stopped it for a month, but then we found that it was quite dire because actually, when you left it for a month, it wouldn't cut properly and the machine started to kick down. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so anyway, we overcame that and uh, what we did was we, we um, got a plan. We went to Plant Life, who are experts in this, and they actually helped us run Ramston, um, they helped by running Ramston uh, uh, Natural Country Park, which you haven't seen yet. It is a really beautiful park and you know, it's an experience for you to enjoy with all yeah. the orchids and so on. What they suggested was that what you need to do carbon capture and make those, instead of cutting everything short, make it graduate so that where people walk, for example, if there's a strip of grass between pavement and the road, mow it, mow it down. If there's a bit just by the path on the other side, mow that down, but then let it go, grow longer behind that, and also along all the fast roads, like the link roads and so on, yeah. so that, that, that wildlife then can actually flourish and that seed it with some wildflowers and so on. And actually, that's worked, working quite well. We've started on that program already. It's not just simply a money saver. It isn't. It, it's really something that uh, I think is investing in, in, in the animals, which of course have been driven um, and, and flower, wildflowers, flowers, have been driven from pillar to post by, by development until the point where they're all crowded up into a very small space. But our object is to widen that space, widen that area, so that more natural growth. And I think that's, that's working quite well. Yeah. And then we've got projects going on, like, for example, splashes. You know the swimming pool, perhaps, in rain. Yeah, Dan, yeah. Which, unfortunately, with time expired, we had to put it down. And when the replacement goes up, that will be using half the output that the old one was using. You know, because okay. we've adopted so many different uh, green techniques, if you like, that are built into the um, plans to do it. And, uh, the, the work on that one will start later on in this year. So I, I'm very pleased with that. So yeah. uh, I'm not smug about it because there's an awful lot to do. You know, I don't know if anyone think we, we in a sense, have done that. Let's get on to something else. It's a long-term commitment, and that's why it's up to 2050. It doesn't mean we sit on our backsides until 2050. It means we won't get there until 2050. Yeah. It covers an amazing amount of things, isn't it? When you think of climate change, you know, people just tend to think, I think, of the, the ozone layer or air quality and things like that. But most people actually do consider climate change in terms of things they can do nothing about. But actually, there are lots of little things they can do. For example, when you're in a traffic jam, how many people just leave their engine running and they leave it for a while and as a result, uh, in places where we've got congestion, like Payne High Street, for example, is a good example, A2, then that engine is pumping stuff out into the atmosphere. It's yeah. all unnecessary. You know, it's, it's not doing them any good. In fact, it's actually wasting a lot of petrol. And some people think, well, if I turn it off and then turn it on again, then actually that's going to cost me more because I'm starting up. doesn't. It's not true. And um, they've measured it. And actually, uh, you know, if you're uh, idling for any length of time, particularly, for example, parents outside schools waiting for children and all that sort of thing, unless we can stop that, or at least get it reduced, that's putting a lot of carbon into the atmosphere that isn't really needed. Yeah, so it's all about educating the people, isn't it? 
and to say that used to be a thing that you know people always said oh yes you use more petrol when you're starting up than if you left it running but of course that that isn't the case and that's been as you rightly said that's been proven so now yes and i think the, the other thing is we've got to learn how to use a, a, our energy much more efficiently one of the things we're looking at already actually as a council is um, whether we can get uh, a new power system from actually from the water of the medway all right <laughs> yeah. going through uh, uh, turbines which would be set uh, relatively near to the water and actually, you gain a lot of energy through that, and having what is a new district heating system to it, and that will supply some of the larger buildings within a reasonable area, places like Medway Park, that sort of place, you know, where, where we actually will get the benefit of the, the energy there. Right? It's using natural energy. Yeah. One of the other things I was talking about saving energy, if you like, is um, people's houses. I see there's a sustainable warmth scheme that Medway Council um, yeah, are doing right. as well. What we've done is we've got this sustainability scheme where people are invited to, you know, to take, does involve a little bit of investment up front. There's some government money in it as well. And basically what we want to do is to show people how to use their energy better, you know, the solar energy, the kind of uh, fuels that they use and so on. And it doesn't have to be accepted. It's not that nobody's going to, for example, rip out their the present source of heating their house or scrap their boiler instantly, you know. But when they come to replace, then we replace them with something which is much, much better. And we encourage them to do that, and it probably doesn't cost them much more. Yeah. Know, so those are the sort of alternatives. We're not trying to bully people. We, what we're trying to do is to, to show them. Really, the council's role is to show people what is the best treatment to try to do. So we sort of have an education role in that. All the you know, life's all education. The other thing is to uh, gradually do things that the, in the environment, the council would be really in its own direct uh, emission. We only emit 1.4% of the problem. You know, we measured it. Yeah. So we've got to find the other 95%. Now, some of that is in firms that do business with the council, like the waste disposal stuff and all that. And that is um, already recycled 41.8% actually uh, burn out so I think that's coming on and that's only done because people are careful because we've given them the, the tools to do it but they're doing them you know they're sorting their waste out and uh, we should improve on that figure we aim to improve on it each year but you know those are the sort of things we do. And, and that helps I think mean, it helps generally you mentioned in the rubbish era just sort of the the rubbish collection lorries vehicles in general council vehicles and that are you moving to electric vehicles? Well, we couldn't afford to replace the whole lot all in one go. Yeah. And also, there are uh, some vehicles which are not yet available in the uh, electrical form. But wherever we come to replace a vehicle, then we are replacing it with uh, something which is as energy efficient as it can be. Yeah. And um, that's, you know, in reasonable grounds. I mean, if something costs, you know, £5,000... Uh, uh, as an ordinary vehicle, if you like, and twenty-five thousand pounds as, as, as an electric one, you obviously have to think carefully. But you know, generally speaking, it's not too bad. And the same with the buses. We're asking the bus companies. We don't have our own buses. We're asking people like Oliva and Steve to, to look at um, the buses they have and see when it's possible to actually replace them with electrics and keep on on at that. We do contribute towards, you know, the cost of coming journeys and so on, but 
that we are therefore investor, but we're not by any means the major investor in those companies. Mm-hmm. They are, I think, genuinely trying to introduce electric uh, buses, and uh, I think over a period of time that will happen. Yeah, and of course, talking about electric buses, we've got a firm here that make electric buses in BAE yeah. systems. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, don't give them away. That's what the other thing I, I picked up, I, I noticed um, it talks about the, a climate response team. Yeah. Uh, and what, what exactly is that? What, what's their purpose? Okay. It's a very small unit within the council. And what it does is it, it actually deals with all the other departments that are in this plan, make sure that it works. They also bid for the money that we get in. So what they're there to do is, first of all, to measure where we are and keep a handle on where we are with all our different programs. Are we bidding for every possibility of planting trees? Uh, I mean, over the last few years, Blizzard Council uh, funding has been very short. They take a street tree out that's damaged. You know, it's damaged in, in other words, it's never going to grow again. It's got yeah. some disease or other. We know trees have been having a bad time in that. But they take the tree, street tree out and they don't replace it. They leave a stump there. You must have seen it. Well, my aim is to get those trees back. And yeah. that's, that's another program that we're, trying, we're bidding for and so on. You know, so there are... Uh, opportunities there. We look at allotments, for example, to see if we can use those more efficiently. Some people take an allotment and find that, which they enjoyed when they were maybe 30 or 40, a few years later, um, they find it hellishly large. So, okay, we divide it into two. And that's a simple method. We let the other part to somebody else. That enables the advance of the net, which is quite mushroomed, actually, I'm no pun intended, it's mushroomed while, while the uh, COVID thing's been on. Yeah. And uh, so that's been quite successful. We're trying to get new allotments where we can, mainly because there again, you buy your vegetables uh, in the supermarket, for example. There's often a big long chain of vehicles that are bringing it from A to B to C, not necessarily the nearest place they get them from. They could be getting them from, from anywhere which represents to them the best value for money. But it doesn't alter the fact that you grow it reasonably near to your house, you haven't got those transport costs. And you also know that uh, actually, because you've looked after it and so on, you know, you know how healthy those, those particular foods are. Yeah. Funny enough, I was talking to a lady called Vicky from the Medway Can, yeah. and uh, we were talking about allotments and vegetable growing on there. Because I remember you always had a patch in the garden for growing your own vegetables. But people don't seem to to do that these days. And some do, but, uh, some do, but uh, it's yeah. usual now. And I think when the war, I think it was a product of the war, actually, when, of course, you had to go. Yeah, yeah, I remember uh, the, the posters. Now getting more affluent, probably yeah. don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing, but it has other benefits. You know, there's health benefits to it as well from the, the vegetables and things as well, I suppose. Climate change seems promoting, for example, a 12 million pound energy efficiency program in the council's buildings and that sort of thing. We use yeah. the lighting better. So what they're there to do is to, uh, to act as champions for it, to actually show all the divisions of the council what they can do and to encourage them to do it. And they will challenge sometimes, you know, in a nice way. For example, one of the things we've got, we put in some, um, some 34 of these electric vehicle charge points. Yeah. It's always quite difficult because they keep on changing in technology. <laughs> but, but, um, you know, you have fast charge points and so on. And, and uh, 
you know, some people say we'll stick them on every lamppost, and then of course you stick them on every lamppost, and, and then you get parking problems while people are charging them. Yeah. So, you know, it, uh, I mean, in a sense, if you just think only of difficulties, you probably wouldn't bother to do any of it. But I think it's very vital we do bother. You've got to have somebody who's committed to it, which I am. And uh, I think that you've got to have a team behind you also committed to it, which they are. So, you know, they work very, very hard. They produce some terrific results, really, I think. Yeah. Just um, looking at the article as well, another thing I picked up on there was, was National Clean Air Day. It didn't say too much about it, and I was wondering what... It's the government initiative, just to bring people... But the government is trying to focus on on, uh, on people to um, to really do what they can to clean up the atmosphere. And through that, they want to actually focus on things like how you heat your home, what sort of car you run, and so on, you know, so that if you come to a choice trying to replace your car or that, nobody's telling you you've got to do this, you've got to do that. But obviously, by the time we get to 2030, we are going to be not able to buy petrol or diesel cars with probability, yeah. um, or at least not new ones. And there's a danger in that, because what it may mean is that a lot of people use the old ones rather longer than they should. Because right? yeah. the new ones, obviously, at the moment, are relatively expensive. But there's certain uncertainties about them as well, which I think we've got to gradually overcome. And, you know, the industry's got to overcome that. For example... When you ask electric car promoter, well, how long do you get, you know, on one charge? And they said, well, of course, it depends what you do. You know, if you've got your headlights full on, and you've got your radio blaring, then actually it's a lot less, or significantly less. So it, it is quite difficult, and I think people uh, are not yet used to it. But they are getting better. They're getting used to it. And all these new ideas take time. And actually, we're not sure yet entirely whether we eventually will have all electric cars all the time, or whether we actually go to hydrogen power, at least a good yeah. part of it. And the University of Kent has got a program studying that, you know, along with a lot of other universities, studying the hydrogen, how it can be practically used. You know. That's one thing that um, I've always thought about, is the, the alternative types of fuel. Because one of the things I think, it's all right, okay, all going electric, but that means everybody's got to get rid of their vehicles. I'm into old vehicles as well. You know, and I think, well, what's going to happen to them? Will I still be able to run them? I think the answer is you can't be absolute on any of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's rather like the business about coal. You know, you shouldn't use coal. Yeah, okay, it's a dirty fuel. Does that mean you want every preserved railway to shut down? You know, yes, not. that's right. Uh, yeah. And so we have to have some coal. I mean, we, we're phasing it out as a general method of, a method of making power and heating. What the, the answer to that is that we've got to be smarter about using natural sources like wind and water to generate electricity. Because one of the things which is rather concerning, if you like, is if tomorrow everybody just parked their vehicle in the junkyard, went out and bought an electric car, they all want the electricity. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we, we would be in trouble providing it. And that's why now they're having to lay down extra mains and so on. You know, there is quite a lot of infrastructure you need to make it work well. Yeah. And that's why people get very impatient and say you should have this all done by 2030. But actually, you can't. And, yes, uh, it's not know, practical. No. We are very much trying to involve the public in this, and we're also trying to involve the school. This isn't something which the council is going to do to you, as it were, or for yeah. you. Is something which what we're saying is, we 
We will try and clean our act up as far as we can. It's a long job, and it's a difficult job, but we're going to do it. But the other part side of it is that where you can, you know, we want your ideas, and you may have ideas, we've got got a monopoly on ideas. So we formed a, a, a network, um, which we've had meetings, public meetings that people can attend. And if we've got sensible ideas, then we'll, we'll, work, we'll try and work them through and see if we can make them work. Yeah. And we're also trying to involve business now in, in looking at how it performs, you know, and also, um, we're trying to get developers to start looking at this when they're building. You've got to convert it one by one. You can't use a big stick all the time. You've got to work with a change of heart, you know. And, and what we realise is the customer, when the customer starts to expect those things to be done, which is increasingly the case, then if you want to sell a house, a lot of people now, for example, are asking in the rebuilding the city centre, which I'm in charge of. What's happening there is that people who come to us, the first thing they say is, you know, is this actually, you know, has it got this, has it got that, all of which saves energy and so on. They're interested in the green agenda. And I think that's reflected, obviously, in the way we're building. If people want to find out more information, of course, there's the website, uh, medway.gov.uk slash climate change. There's loads of information on there. We don't want to drown people with information, but we want to make sure that where people need information, they give it. Because I think that, this is beyond a, a, this is not a political issue of climate change, it's too important for that. And actually, I've been very grateful for my colleagues in the opposition who actually are supporting climate change. And, and uh, so it's been taken out of politics into getting things done. And I think that's very important. Yeah, it involves everybody. Everybody plays a part in it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's uh, all about well, educating and getting people to, to work together on it. To yeah, achieve the outcome. And we're doing our bit, can you do your bit? You know, can you do a little bit? May only do a little bit, but it helps. You know, if, if 10,000 people are doing a little bit, that's an awful lot of carbon, you say. Yes, yes, that's right. Thanks very much for joining me and uh, filling us in as to what's happening and uh, what we can do. Hopefully, when this goes out, people will take notice and you might see the numbers to your website increase as well. <laughs> <laughs> can, can I, from the point of view, thank everybody at the hospital for all they do for patients. I think it's absolutely wonderful, you know, the, the fact that we've got so many people working hard at keeping people well. And I wish all those who are on the receiving end actually to uh, a speedy recovery. Thanks very much for that. If you'd like to hear more episodes in this series of podcasts, or indeed see our other podcasts, Search for our podcast website in your browser, hospitalradiomedway.captivate.fm. This is the sound of Hospital Radio Medway. Get in touch with us through the website www.hospitalradiomedway.co.uk. Hospital Radio Medway, making a difference to the patients of the Medway Maritime.